the saga of the European King, Chapter 3. Presents make the goodbyes less hard. The King's Adventure friends were incredibly psyched after the War Council and the Chicken Burgers, and they followed out the King's orders very quickly. Within a day and a bit, General Magnificent had mobilised half of the European army and had prepared to leave dear Brussels for the untamed lands of Viking Europe and beyond. Farewell, your barricadeness. I go now to assemble the hefty shaft of your strife against winter. I shall keep them fit and ready to charge on the lands of winter as soon as I hear word from their king. I'll figure out where those lands of winter are exactly somewhere along the way. Quite. I, I I, got you a present, General. Why, a present, sir? I am just a humble soldier. I have no need of possessions other than a mouthful of bread, a hollow in which to sleep, and awesome gear. I found this in one of my treasure malls, and well, I thought of you. Your generosity knows no bounds, as does your everlasting kingdom. Open it! Oh, um, what is it? It's a magic telephone! Oh, I see you have one too. Yeah, see, you can call me up any time and just shoot the breeze or whatever. It has not escaped my notice that this could have significant military applications. What? Oh, oh yeah, what a good strategy. Like, if I wanted your guys to attack Winter at the same time as my guys, a magic telephone would come in handy, wouldn't it? It's still a good present, sire. You're just so difficult to buy presents for, General. I'm partial to a box of celebrations. Or roses, if you prefer. Ah, but that's so boring. But General Magnificent wasn't the only one getting a nice present that day. The king had spent all night running up and down the aisles and food courts of his treasure malls, filling trolleys to the brim with thoughtful gifts. Most of the treasures were things that he'd found on quests or picked up off of dead Spaniards or which popped out the guts of a wild boar or things which he'd found in a box with a question mark on it. And so, in the sight of all of Brussels, the great gifting ceremony was held on the steps of the Castile van Laken, and all of the king's friends and family lined up to receive the presents that he'd chosen for them. Mechanicus was first up to receive his. Apologies, your radicalness, for my haste, but I have to catch up with General Magnificent. He's not going to be able to build that awesome castle in the Chillinous Plains by himself, you know? I'm glad you stayed behind for the great gifting, Mechanicus. Well, of course I had to finalize the designs on the spring assortment, sir. I can't wait to see what will be on the shelves. Here's what they call an insider tip. I guarantee you that the Chillness Plains Castle playset, which I came up with last night to fill that large price point we were discussing, will not make it to the clearance aisle. Oh, wow! So, soon I'll have a real Chillness Plains Castle up north, as well as a toy Chillness Plains Castle to play with at home? You're wonderful, Mechanicus. Thank you, sir. I, too, believe that to be the case. Mechanicus was wonderful. In addition to being an expert inventing and building guy, he was from the future. But the king wouldn't find that out until later on in the story. Somehow, he also found time to be a close childhood friend of the king, and he was famed throughout Europe as being the one who had made the pinball machine in the Grand Hall. 
Anyway, here's your present. It's the hammer that made the world. I found it in a cave or something, I forget. Oh, why, thank you, sir. My gratitude is eternal, though where I'm from, we don't really use hammers to make things anymore. It will look nice, though, over the mantelpiece. Of that, we can be certain. Axe-axe-wound! Can you guess what your present is? It looks to be shaped like an axe, and it better be an axe! My last axe is damn near worn down to the nub with all the skulls it's been splitting. Oh, don't think I didn't hear you dropping those hints all year. I am just really into axes. Here's an axe that's on fire. Oh, it's really made shorter work of the wrapping. It also comes with a spell that turns it into a three-man tent. Thank you, my king. This is an axe worthy of slaying you someday for your crimes. Ha <laughs> ha! It would be an honor. Clovis, I got you a real special something. Your Highness, you are too kind. Hopefully I can use it to save the lives of everybody here again and again. You bet! And it will fit right in your wallet. Here, it's got your picture on it. Colonel Howard Glowfist, licensed to kick ass. Huh. That's not to say that you don't already kick ass. Because I do. Yes, but now you have a license to in any situation. So I just... Take it out and show it? Yes! But you can only use it once a day, or else it wouldn't be fair. Oh. Father Figaro, are you... Are you still drunk from last night? I'm feeling much better now. Christ's balls, man! Where were you? Barbecue. Well, here. I got you this scarf. Oh, a scarf. That's not Okay, it. come on. Oh. Put it on. Here, come on, let me let, let me do it. This is too hot. It's to make you strong. It's a magic scarf. It's it's a scarf of strength. It's so you can wield your other presents. I get two presents? Yes, two presents for you. Here. It's a solid gold Bible. It's like a normal Bible, but it's very heavy, so you can murder people with it. It's about my mum. Pardon? It's about my mum, you see. For six months. Um, Glowfist, could you... Ugh, come on, father, let's get an ice bath going. Oh, that sounds rubbish. Oh. Aye, uh, it's sad when that happens to the old ones. I'll say it. It's becoming a problem. He's alone all day at his still, making potions for everybody. Somebody should sit with him and keep him company. Sally! What are you doing here? For the great... Gifting? But you're not coming on this adventure, are you, Sally? Um, no, but I thought that maybe there would still be... Oh, oh, fine, fine, sure. Uh, let me check if I've got anything on me. Everybody, everybody, check your pockets. I should go... No, no, here, look, Axe has got something. What have you got, Axe? Is that mascara? I think so. What's it say on here? Oh, see, it's mascara that makes you immune to mind control. I can't remember where I got that. Didn't I find that in a chest? No, it was a dresser, wasn't it? In Turkey, I think. That's right. You killed that Turkish man and you went through his dresser. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it, Sally. It's not like boys even have eyelashes. And nobody really uses mind control in this day and age anyway. Well, thanks. Are you crying? I have to go. Ah, oh, jeez! What's wrong with her? I don't know. Where I'm from, we don't have any girls. Everybody's born in the big vat. 
Well, that sounds a lot less confusing. Papa, can I go inside with Sally? It's cold. Prince, Prince, my most precious and only heir. Don't go inside. Don't you want your present? Yes. Here is a belt that, when worn, will make you invincible to being killed or bullied. I don't like it. You should wear your belt, dear prince. Little boys like you get bullied a lot. Yeah, and dudes are always trying to kill you to make me feel sad. Keep it on always, little prince. You must do this, because I love you. If you were to die or be bullied, all hope everywhere would be lost. Thank you, Papa. You can go inside now, Prince. Say goodbye to all the nice people. Bye-bye. Ah, Well, what a sweet little guy. Speaking of sweet, the king got his girlfriend Yvonne DVD box sets of all of her favourite shows, even though they hadn't been going out for very long. This was a clever move, as the king didn't like her shows very much, and he hoped that she would watch them while he was gone, so that he didn't have to. Everybody was sad to see the king go off on his adventure, but Yvonne was probably the saddest of all, because she thought that maybe he wouldn't come back, because maybe some asshole might try and stab him. The king was too cool and lucky for that, and he tried to tell her this, but she just wouldn't listen. Oh, so where's my adventure present? Your adventure present, Cutty? Do we... Do presents, you and I? Yes, I would like to think I'm an important part of this team, therefore deserving an adventure present just like everyone else. Well, your... your, your swords, you... I use you, you kill my enemies. That doesn't mean I wouldn't like a little present every now and then, just to say thank you for all of the killing that I am essentially doing alone. I'm the one that has to enter all of your opponents, see their insides, gouge them apart. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What does one get? Uh, you. I would like to be dipped into blood. Just any blood. The blood of the most handsome, muscular ox in all of Europe. That's kind of gross, Cutty. No, it is not gross. Thank you. This is sword culture. And another thing, okay? I thought we were a multicultural team. Lovely, inclusive selection policy. Yet you know nothing about me. I'll, uh... What's that book which you have about... Freedom is a blade. It's called swords. Finally, there was Pinecone. He was to be the king's voice and authority while he was away. The people of Europe loved Pinecone and bought up his colourful likeness in merchandise by the metric shit ton. Pinecone was half bird, a result of one of Terrathor's horrendous perversions of nature during the Bird Wars, but the king had rescued him after he'd fallen out of a tree in the garden. He'd nursed him back to health and, before long, was adventuring alongside this plucky new best friend. The king was not the kind of man who would exclude someone from the adventure team based on race or creed. He would even include an Iron Lord if one were to be his friend. It gave young people of marginalised races something to shoot for and dream of if they saw someone like them on the adventure team. It also helped to quickly tell everybody apart in a team pose. Come here, Pinecone! Come on. That's right. I have your favorite. It's me, Pinecone. Good, good. Come closer. I found a rock today. It's here in my hand. Well, that's nice. Closer now. Oh, there we go. Nice seeds for Pinecone. Oh, and there's some raisins there too. You got the raisins. Pinecone, I love the seeds. Yes, you do. Now, now, here in my pocket. 
Here's a bit of apple. A bit of apple for Pinecone. Oh, he loves it. Yes, oh, he's Mr. Guzzly now. He's guzzling that apple. You look after Europe when I'm gone, won't you, Mr. Guzzly? You have 250,000 troops at your command. Use them as you see fit. For peace. Everybody laughed at Piney Cohen's antics. And then they cried, because the king was leaving, and they were in touch with their feelings. A lot of people started making plans for the year-long summers they would enjoy after winter was slain. They would get some work done on the gardens, and maybe get into jogging in the mornings. So it was sad, but it was also happy, if you think about it. The King's Adventure Team, with a quarter of the European army marching out in front of them, left Brussels on their way north, which was probably the most logical place for winter to be. They didn't get very far outside the gates of Brussels before danger struck in the form of those hated invaders from some hellish hell mention, birds. Birds. And that's the end of chapter three.